Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Monday, December 4th, 2017. Broadcasting from the Beantown Athletic Studio, Beantown Athletics, Boston's go-to destination for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownathletics.com. Today's show is presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using my promo code PICK. That's P-I-C. And with football season in full swing, it begs the question, how is your fantasy football team doing? Maybe you drafted a dud in the fourth round, or your first round pick is on the shelf with a bum knee, or maybe you're like me and you have Ezekiel Elliott on your team, and he is currently serving his six-game suspension. Well, the good news is it's not too late to forget the injuries and the suspensions and get back into the winning column with DraftKings one-week fantasy football. And I know that fantasy football playoffs begin this week and uh if you're not in the fantasy football playoffs well there's one thing you should be doing go to draftkings.com right now and use my promo code pick that's p-i-c and play for free with your first deposit for your share of over one million dollars in total prizes this coming sunday the best part is you get to draft a new team every week without any commitment whatsoever so again the promo code is pick p-i-c and play for free at draftkings.com or on the DraftKings app today's show is also presented by aiden's barbershop in dorchester the girls at aiden's provide the best in gentlemen and boys haircuts hut shaves beard trims and style cuts Everybody knows where Aiden's Barbershop is on Adam Street in Dorchester, and it's the only shop around with five different barbers. Aiden's is open Monday through Saturday, so check out their website right now, aidensbarbershop.com. That's Aiden spelled A-I-D-A-N-S, aidensbarbershop.com for every barber's specific hours. And they also wanted me to let you know that they finish every cut with a straight edge. I know how much everybody loves that. I don't know how you could not love that. So whether you need a haircut, a shave, or just a cleanup, head down to Aiden's Barbershop right now on Adams Street in Dorchester. And actually, I got to give a special shout out to Richie Zapata and the good people at Regina's Pizzeria in the North End. Uh, They hooked it up with a couple pizzas for me and my family over the weekend. You know, we called it in, went into the North End to go pick it up. And, uh... Richie hooked it up with a couple pies, so thanks to him for that. He did not have to do that. That place is the best. If you've never gone in there, whether you're calling in for a pizza and going to pick it up and taking it to go or just eating inside, you know, even if there's a line outside, sometimes there's a line. That's how good this place is, but it's right in the heart of the North End. At this place, you got to get in there. If you've never gone in, I I really do advise you to do that. Uh, But special thanks to Richie Zapata and Pizzeria Regina for hooking it up with a couple pizzas for me and my family uh, over the weekend. Good to see somebody is in the holiday spirit. Richie's in the holiday spirit. I'm not in the holiday spirit just yet. I'm not. I'm just not there. First week of December. I know holiday season is upon us, um, but I'm not there yet. And I don't know if it's because of the the places that I'm going here early on during the holiday season. See, I'm in the middle of... I'm in the middle of a move to another apartment, to a new apartment in Southie. A place is, place is beautiful. Uh, it's it's small, but it's nice. It's perfect. Um, me and my girlfriend are moving in there. It's, it's great, but we got a lot of stuff we need to do, like this furniture we need to buy still. And, uh, you know, a couple of the stores that I've been going to lately, like I, there's something that I need to, there's something I need to get off my chest. It, you know, I, I ranted a couple weeks ago about, going to the Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru during the holiday season. And and the one thing that I absolutely despise, which is when you get up to the drive-thru window to pay for your coffee, the lady at the window at Dunkin' Donuts says, well, the person in front of you paid for you. And they look at you to sort of keep it going, like now I have to pay for the person's coffee behind me. I hate that. I hate being put in that position because I'm only there for one reason, to pay for my own coffee, not to pay for somebody else's. What's the fucking point? If we all just pay for our own coffees, I think we move on and, uh, you know, life goes on. And my advice to these people who begin that process of paying for the person behind them, my advice to them is just... If you want to give back to somebody, go give your money to charity. Don't give your money to me for my coffee because 
In fact, I'm actually spending money anyways on the person behind me. If you want me to keep this thing going now, I'm never usually the guy that keeps it going. I, I usually end it. I usually say, oh, thanks. Thanks for the free coffee. If I can drive fast enough, maybe I'll get up there and thank them at the red light when I'm done, uh, you know, taking my coffee from you and, and pulling out of this drive through line. But um, that's my pet peeve. The person who, who, that's one of my holiday pet peeves. During this time of year, everybody tries to be a little extra nice. And, and the one person who starts that where they get up to the Dunkin' Donuts drive through window and they pay for the person behind them. Makes no sense to me. I don't like it. Um, so my advice to those people is stop doing it. And if you want to give your money somewhere, give it a charity. Don't give it to me for my coffee. That's one rant I had a couple weeks ago. Well, I get another rant here because... I was in Ikea over the weekend. Have you ever gone to Ikea? Have you? Well, safe to say that Ikea is never going to advertise on my show. But to be quite honest with you, I, I don't know that I would even want their money for advertisements because I wouldn't be telling you the truth if I was giving you like positive reads for Ikea. Because the place is like, I feel like when I go in there, I'm on a, I'm in an, I'm just in another world. I'm on another planet. When you go in there, like what's going on in Ikea? Have we ever figured that out? I've asked that question about a couple stores, like the Apple store, the Mac store, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Does anybody know what's going behind, going on behind the wall in the Mac store? Like they go back there, they come out and uh, you know, now they're just, they're pulling, you know, they all, they put a phone up to a draw, up to a piece of wood and it turns into a draw. They pull it out. Like, I don't know. That store is just wacky. I don't know what's going on behind those walls, but Another store here is Ikea. Like, have you, like, you go through this place and it's like, you're in a line. And, and if you're going to go to Ikea, go on like a Tuesday night. Don't go on a Saturday afternoon. And, and maybe that's, you know, maybe that's my own fault. Maybe that's our own fault, but it's, it's like, you know, we're up against it now. You know, you move, I'm moving into a new place. There's some things that we need. You know, when can you go? That's, that was one of the only times that, that we could go this week. So you go and you're in this line. Like you, you, have, you have to walk in a store, in a line, through a store, in a line. And you're walking behind all these people. And it's like, there's no consideration for anybody else in the store, right? You could get lost in there. I mean, you could, if it's one of your first times in Ikea, you could get lost in that store. But um, when I'm in there, I do feel like, I'm on another planet to the point where if I imagine that Ikea would be the first place that somebody actually gets abducted by an alien for the entire world to see if when that happens, if that happens, that's going to happen in Ikea because I feel like everybody in there is a fucking alien. Like, I feel like somebody is going to rip their face off and show their, their, oh, their, this is where the aliens abduct us in Ikea. Like, that's the type of feel I get in there. I'm looking around at people going, like, what is, like, what's happening in here? Like, everybody is, there's just a weird vibe, right? There's a weird vibe in that store. Like, everybody is brainwashed to walk this line in the furniture store. And, and there's no consideration for other people. It's like there's robots all over the place in there. Um, Ikea will be a place that is, is, that will be the first store run by artificial intelligence. They, right? That will be the first store where there's, you know, artificial intelligence, aliens, like that is the store that all of that shit would go down. That's the place. That place, take, if if I was in the holiday spirit, enter in Ikea, the minute I walk out of that store, I, I would be, holiday spirit, gone. Wouldn't have it. And that's how I feel right now. I feel like Ikea is that visit to Ikea did not help me. It just didn't, it, it didn't help me get into the holiday spirit. In fact, it hurt. It, it, that might push, push my timetable back a couple weeks for when I actually do get into the holiday spirit this year. It might. I mean, it's, especially when there's that many people in there. I, I'm, I'm to the point where I go out every day and I have one goal. Talk to less people today than I talked to yesterday. Interact with less people today than I interacted with yesterday. You can, you can blame me for that all you want, but I feel like most of the time I'm just interacting with a bunch of assholes, anyways. So what you know? What's the point? A bunch of inconsiderate assholes. That's kind of what that's kind of what my neighborhood has turned into in Selty, right? Just a bunch of inconsiderate assholes. Um. <laughs> oh yeah. 
Oh, you're, you're the only, oh, you're an Uber driver. You're the only one on the road? You're the only car on the road right now. No, just you. No, don't, no, don't worry about it. Stop right there. There's no one behind you. This isn't a street. I don't need a, I don't have anywhere to go. Don't worry about it. Stop. Look on your phone. Pause the fucking Netflix movie that you're watching on your iPad that's stuck to your windshield. Do whatever you want. Nobody else is on the road. Oh, you, oh, what? You, you're going, what? You're going to the new beer garden? Whatever the fuck that place is called? You're going to just cross the street wherever you want? Oh, okay. You're the only person walking across this. There's no cars on the road. Just you. And it, you know, that's it. It doesn't matter. We all have to stop for you. You have places to go. You have drinks uh, that need to be drunk. You have fun that you need to go attend to at the new beer garden. Just you on the road. You're the only person crossing the road. That's it. That's it. Inconsiderate. A lot of inconsiderate assholes that I'm dealing with on an everyday basis. And um, Ikea was like, you know, it's where everybody goes to be inconsiderate, I guess. And and just walk in a straight line and you become brainwashed and you don't care about anybody else. And, and uh, like, when I go to a store, like, here's the only rule that I want to have when you walk into a store. You can't steal anything. That's a rule. That's a legit rule that there should be. But that's it. Shouldn't be like, hey, you have to walk this way. Here's the arrow. Here's the way you go. Um, <laughs> right? Because you, you always kind of feel bad when you don't walk the, the, the route that Ikea lays out for you when you go in there. When you're in there with a bunch of people, though, who just don't, don't care about anybody else, it's just maddening to the point where I, I'm out of the holiday spirit. This holiday spirit, there is no holiday spirit here with me right now. I don't know when I'm going to get into it, but, um, I, you know, something, something's got to give at some point. I assume, you know, the closer you get, uh, you know, the more gifts that you buy. It's just, you know, it, it can be hectic for a lot of people. I just, my advice couple of pieces of advice this holiday season. Don't buy somebody's coffee behind you in the Dunkin' Donuts drive through line and do not go into Ikea. Don't. Don't go into Ikea. It's just, you know, unless you want to increase the percentage that you would be abducted by an alien um, or attacked by some type of artificial intelligence that just started working at Ikea a couple days ago, whenever that's going to happen, that's going to start. It's going to start in Ikea. Whenever that happens, if you want to increase your chances of, of one of those things, you know, your, your life being affected by one of those things, then, then you can go to Ikea. But outside of that, don't go in there. You, you want to say, you, if you want to be in the holiday spirit and save your holiday spirit that you might have or that you could acquire this holiday season, do not go to Ikea. Do not. That's my advice to you. So I'm sure I'll have more holiday advice as, as, as the days go on. But I am just letting you know, that is why I am not in the holiday spirit, and I do blame it on Ikea. That's it. That's what I, that is what I blame it on. I have no fucking idea what's going on in there. I just don't feel like I am, I don't feel like I'm on planet Earth in there. I don't. I do not feel like I'm on planet Earth in Ikea. I really don't. So, um, that said, while the holiday season is upon us, I told, you know, some of the things that we're gearing up for, NFL stretch run as we get closer to the playoffs, um, we got the Major League Baseball offseason. The winter meetings are going to be December 10th. And uh, what else? Are we college football? Bowl season begins December 16th. So we finally know now what the college football playoff is going to be. Number one, Clemson versus number four, Alabama on New Year's Day in the Sugar Bowl. Number two, Oklahoma versus number three, Georgia uh, in the Rose Bowl. On January 1st, both of those games on New Year's Day. Again, Clemson number one, Oklahoma number two, Georgia number three, and Alabama number four. So Clemson, Alabama, and then Oklahoma, Georgia with the winner of those games playing on January 8th in the national championship in Atlanta. So uh, that's what we're looking forward to. And for some of you, I know I mentioned it in my DraftKings read, uh, the fantasy football playoffs begin this week. And I could be without both Ezekiel Elliott and Rob Gronkowski due to suspension to begin my fantasy football playoffs. And I'm, I know you don't care about my fantasy football team, but that I just need you, I need to let you know that because it brings me into my opening topic on this show today with regards to the NFL. 
which is the Rob Gronkowski, do we call it drama? Well, as I put it this way, as I record this show right now on this Monday morning, I do not know if there's going to be any punishment for Rob Gronkowski and what he did. Um, And if you don't know what he did, late in yesterday's game in Buffalo, the Patriots, here's the deal. The Patriots beat Buffalo yesterday in Buffalo 23-3. It was the Patriots' eighth straight win. Patriots are now 10-2. You know, scary thing for Buffalo in this game is that, you know, this is a 9-3 ball game at the half. And if you're the Bills, I think you... You saw this game play out kind of the way you wanted it to play out, right? Where, um, you know, it was a game of possession and, and you weren't letting Brady make all the big throws. You were letting him run a little bit. But, you know, 9-3 to three at the half, what's scary for the Bills is at that point, I mean, this game went exactly how you wanted it to go. You're just hoping for a little bit more offense at some point. I mean, their coach is an idiot. Sean McDermott is, I told you he was a moron for benching Tyrod Taylor a couple weeks ago for rookie Nathan Peterman. I, I told you that was a stupid move going in. Um, he also challenged a play yesterday in which Tom Brady was falling to the ground after tripping over his own player. And he challenged, you know, after he tried to, you know, he made the hand signals like he was challenging uh, intentional grounding. But I mean, wouldn't you express that? beforehand, not after the challenge, you challenge whether or not Tom Brady was down by contact, but the rule is you got to be down by contact if you're touched by a player on the other uh, on the other team, not on your own team. So, this Sean McDermott, stupid challenge. It was clear that Brady wasn't touched by anybody on Buffalo at that point. Uh, and also, even though you know, Tyrod Taylor did get banged up early in this game, I think it was the first play. He ran to the left side, right? He got banged up. He was taken down. He left later on in the game, but he stayed in it and and played a majority of the game, Tyrod Taylor. But they mixed in the kid Joe Webb at quarterback, and he threw the ball a couple times and actually just overshot his target, which could have been a couple big plays down in the red zone. And you wonder, well, if your quarterback was, if your actual starting quarterback was the guy making that throw, would he would he have completed that pass? And they even asked Sean McDermott at, at, at halftime, you know, getting Joe Webb some snaps at QB, is that because of Tyrod Taylor's injury or is that part of the game plan? Sean McDermott said it was part of the game plan. Now, you could question whether or not he was telling the truth, but the way that thing looked, it kind of looked like it was part of the game plan the way they use Webb. And we already know, McDermott, just by going to Nathan Peterman a couple weeks ago, he doesn't feel all that confident in Tyrod Taylor. But um, it's just, I, I don't think McDermott is a very smart football coach. I mean, there's not a lot of smart football coaches in this league. McDermott is one of the guys that I wonder, you know, should he even be a coach at all in this league, uh, you know, with regards to anything, head coach, you know, uh, any assistant coach, he shouldn't even be part of any coaching staff in the in the NFL. That's how dumb the decisions uh, he makes look. So, uh, this game for Buffalo, you know, they got beat 23-3. It, it's just, it was somewhat embarrassing, but the talk after the game was about Rob Gronkowski and the way he launched himself into this Bills player on the sideline after the play was over and gave him, like, a forearm or a shoulder. I mean, if you watch the replay of this from different angles, there's one angle with sort of an aerial view, like, from the sideline, and uh, it, it looks like it's from, like, the end zone aerial view. It looks awful for Gronk. It's a, this is a bad hit. This is a bad hit, and it's one that I'm a little surprised This is even up for debate because the debate is now, will Rob Gronkowski get suspended or should he get suspended? Um, I don't know what the NFL is going to do. So when you ask me, will he get suspended? With regards to suspensions in the NFL, I have no idea how to predict that because it's so unpredictable because the NFL is such a stupid league. But here's what I'll tell you what they should do. They should suspend Rob Gronkowski. They should. And and I, I tweeted this this morning. I can still be a Patriots fan and tell you that Gronk should be suspended. I can still be a fan of Rob Gronkowski and tell you that Gronk should still be suspended. Um, I don't think that 
says anything about my loyalty to the New England Patriots or how much I am a fan of the Patriots, I can still be a fan of this team, of this organization, and even of this player and still tell you that Gronk should be suspended. For how many games? I don't know. Maybe one? Maybe one game? But when you look at that hit, the guy is on, the Bills play is on the ground, and the play is over. Gronk was frustrated, and he said it afterwards. He was frustrated that, you know, he was getting called for offensive pass interference. He wasn't doing anything. Meanwhile, you know, he's getting, you know, pulled and grabbed the entire game, every game of his career, right? Because he's such a dominant player. He's such a big dude. He's such a physical force. Like, like Gronk is out there, and he is frustrated a lot. We can sense it, and we certainly sensed it yesterday when after the play was over, there was a Bills player face first, on the ground, completely defenseless, and Gronk, out of nowhere, just launches, she's standing up, he, and he launches down at the back of his head with his forearm and his shoulder, and it wasn't just like he jumped on the guy and decided to, like, smack him in the back of the head. This was like a full force, you know, it, it kind of looked like a WWE move. And I, I threw a joke out there on Twitter. I tweeted Mojo Rowley. That's his boy who's in the WWE. And, uh, you know, Gronk is, he's look, he's been in the ring at WrestleMania, for crying out loud. There's no secret there that, that Rob Gronkowski, at some point, you know, there's an interest level there of, of being involved in a WWE storyline. But, but put that aside for a minute. And just look at what he did. The way he launched himself into that player, as big of a dude as he is, I tell you what, forget about the suspension or or what could or should happen. Rob Gronkowski is lucky. He is lucky that that guy he jumped on yesterday is not seriously injured. He is lucky that that, because that guy could have suffered some type of serious, you know, who knows? spinal cord injury. We've seen guys get hit like that and it doesn't end well. I mean, Gronk is lucky if you ask me. I watched that over and over again and I'm going, this is as bad a hit as I've seen. You're jumping and launching and, you know, coming down with force on a player who is laying there face first and defenseless. Rob Gronkowski is lucky that that guy isn't seriously injured to the point where there might be some people talking about, you know, suspending Gronk the rest of the season if that guy was seriously injured after that play because he could have done some serious damage there. So, I mean, Gronk should be suspended one game. Look, if that's not a suspendable play, then I don't know what is. You know, and don't compare it to anything else. That's what some people want to do right now, which is ridiculous. Like, don't don't look at any other hit. Don't look at Kiko Alonso. Don't point out Ndamukong and Sue. Because those guys, I get it. You know, they're known as being dirty players. You know, this season, they've done some dirty things. You look at Kiko Alonso, what did he run and and made a run at Joe Flacco a couple weeks ago when Flacco went to, you know, Flacco's running up the side and he goes to slide. And, you know, you can't hit the quarterback when he slides. But Alonso comes in, he finishes it, and and he clocks him right in the head. And didn't Flacco go into, like, concussion protocol or something? Regardless, it did not look like a clean hit. I mean, those things never do whenever it's helmet to helmet. Whenever somebody, you know, on the defense is just launching themselves at somebody, especially a quarterback who's sliding and is defenseless at that point. But look, here's what here's what the difference in those two things is. Kiko Alonso has one job. It's to hit somebody in the other team who has the football. Not saying that that was a clean hit on Joe Flacco. But, you know... The, the the role that someone like Alonzo plays is that, okay, this guy's got the ball. He's running at me. I'm running at him, you know, full speed. This is going to be a bang-bang play. Can I hit him before he slides? Well, I'm going to try, and that's the mindset there. You know, that's sort of – I'm not saying Alonzo's job is to come up with a dirty hit, but his job is to hit. What's Rob Gronkowski's job? And what what happened yesterday on the sideline at the end of this game? Rob Gronkowski has one job. Go out, run a route, and catch a pass and try to get a touchdown. That's it. That's his job. Sometimes, obviously, block for someone. And, and you know, we've seen him come on, have some very good blocks down the field for his running backs, even for maybe another receiver that catches the football. We have seen Gronk do those things. But 
in that play yesterday where he's running down the field, he had one job. Run a route, try to make a play, and um, he was obviously frustrated, but once the play's over and a guy is on the sideline face first, you know, it's not in Rob Gronkowski's job description or anywhere close to launch on top of the dude with a forearm and a shoulder. I'm sorry, that, that was a bad hit. That's a suspendable hit. I don't know how you, I don't even know how this is up for debate. I really don't. I honestly don't. Don't bring up other players. Don't bring, don't even bring up history of a player. Like, I was, I was listening to the radio this morning on my way into the studio here, and I heard the, the voice of the Patriots, Bob Sochi. He was starting, he's like, well, let me tell you about Rob Gronkowski's charity efforts. He's a very charitable tight end. Shut the fuck up, dude. It's great that he, you know, his charitable efforts. That's great, but that has nothing to do with this hit. What do you sound like a boob bringing that up? Like, what does that even have to do with anything? Nobody's saying that Rob Gronkowski is a bad dude or a dirty player, but yesterday was a bad hit. And if we're gonna throw out suspensions for bad hits, that deserves a suspension. I'm sorry, it does. Gronk deserves to be suspended for that. I'm still going to be a fan of his. I'm not going to call him a dirty player. He was clearly frustrated yesterday. He's, he's clearly got this, you know, pent-up frustration in him. He's got to learn to control it. And, and not just for himself and his own good and being fined and being suspended, but, but now also for the team. Because the Patriots find themselves in a spot now where, you know, they get a game in Miami on Monday night in Week 14 coming up, and they probably, they should be without Gronk because he should be suspended. I mean, maybe, who knows? He might get suspended two games. Again, if Gronk gets suspended two games, I will sit here and tell you, you know what? Gronk's, Gronkowski's lucky. He's lucky that the guy he launched himself on and jumped on didn't get seriously hurt in that situation. Because then that would have been, that would have been pretty ugly. And, you know, at that point, if he, if that guy did get seriously hurt, how could you actually defend Gronk? I mean, the guy, the guy is, the guy's face first, defenseless. What, what is even up for debate here? You don't bring up anything else. Just look at that one thing. Gronk jumped on a defenseless player. Didn't even just jump on him. Didn't hit him with an elbow drop. Didn't hit him with the five knuckle shuffle. Didn't hit him with the people's elbow. He hit him with like force, like launched his shoulder and his forearm he, and he's got like the Lex Luger forearm, right? The metal plate. He gave him that one. He did, he gave him the one with the brace. Like he hit him with everything. That was a WWE finisher in real life. Things that they say, kids, don't do not try at home. He did it, and you know he did. He actually hit him with it. This was a defenseless player. Gronk should be suspended. D- does that mean I'm no longer a fan of his or no longer a fan of the Patriots? Of course not. Of course not. And I don't think Gronk's a dirty player. I think he's a kid who's got a lot of emotion, but he needs to learn to control that. He does. He's one of the greats of all time. I don't care what you say. But as one of the greats, you know, if things don't go your way, you got to control yourself. He did not control himself yesterday, and he should be suspended for it. It's the bottom line. And uh, not only is he hurting my fantasy football team, but he's also going to be hurting the New England Patriots. Because you got that game in Miami Monday night. And after that, you're in Pittsburgh. So if you're missing Gronk for that game against Pittsburgh and that ends up being a difference maker in, in which you lose it. Because if you lose that game to the Steelers, that's it. You're not getting the one seed in the AFC. You'll have to play the AFC championship in Pittsburgh, right? Week 13 concludes with Monday night football. Pittsburgh is... In Cincinnati, right? Cincinnati's hosting Pittsburgh. Yeah, Steelers are a four-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. By the time you listen to this podcast, you know, that game might be over with. Let, let's just say Cincinnati beats Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football. I don't I don't think that's going to happen. I don't know that it's going to be an easy game. You know how those AFC North games are. Um, but let's say, you know, let's say Pittsburgh loses one of their next two because after Cincinnati, the Steelers have Baltimore before they get the Patriots. So, those are not going to be easy games. Baltimore, now 7-5 and five with a win yesterday. I mean, Baltimore, <laughs> they've shown some signs. They look pretty good. They look like they 
could get into the playoffs at, at now at seven and five. So that's not going to be the easy game against Cincinnati or Baltimore. Let's say Pittsburgh loses one of their next two against Cincy and Baltimore, right? And let's say the Patriots beat Miami. Even if Pittsburgh loses one of their next two before the Patriots game, as long as they beat the Patriots in Week 15, Pittsburgh will lead that tiebreaker, the head-to-head, which is the number one tiebreaker, which means that, you know, if they both won out after that, they'd finish with the same record, and Pittsburgh would still own the number one seed in the AFC. So, I mean... That Week 15 game in Pittsburgh really is going to decide the number one seed in the AFC and ultimately who hosts the AFC championship game. If you are looking at that going, if you're looking at that like me going, that AFC championship game is going to be the Steelers and the Patriots. The question is, where is that game going to be played? If you're the Patriots, you've got to win Week 15 in Pittsburgh. And if you're the Patriots, you have a much better chance to win that game if Gronk is on the field. As I record this right now, the question is, will Gronk be on the field? Because the question is, will the NFL suspend Gronk? And if they do, how many games will they suspend him for? I don't know what the NFL is going to do because I can't predict what type of suspensions they're going to give anymore to anybody for anything. I just don't know. But what if you told me that Gronk was suspended for a game or two because of that hit, I would tell you, hey, I think Gronk's lucky that that guy he hit didn't get seriously injured. Because then it would have been even worse than that. And um, the conversation would, have been, would be a whole lot different, I think. So I actually think Gronk's lucky. Because that looked bad. And that was bad. And if you say that's not bad, then... And you're trying to compare it to other stuff, then I just... I think you're clueless. I do. I think you're clueless. Um, and, and don't try to tell me, Oh, you're, you're not a Patriots fan. Or you're, you're not a fan of Gronk. No, I am. No, I am. It's just... That was a bad hit. And even Bill Belichick said it was bullshit. Belichick met with McDermott. You know, he shakes the coach's hand at midfield after the game. And McDermott said something about that hit. And Belichick said, no, I know. That's bullshit. That was a bullshit hit. Belichick said it. That's brutal honesty. And he's right. It was bullshit. Could you imagine? I mean, could you imagine if, let's say, we'll call it Malcolm Butler. Let's say Malcolm Butler was in the sideline. And he was down face first, right? Against the Buffalo Bills, let's just, let's throw up, you know, whoever. Charles Clay, I don't know. Even if it was McCoy, it doesn't matter who it is. And after the play was over, Butler's face first, and one of those Bills players comes down and hits him like that. I mean, that's, we'd be calling for that player. We'd be calling him a dirty player. We'd be calling for that player to get suspended. We would. We would. So, I mean, I just think Gronk should be suspended. I, it's it's a bad hit. It's a bad hit. And I don't even know how it's up for debate. I really don't. So, uh, Patriots win the game. Again, they're 10-2. and two. Rex Burkhead, two rushing touchdowns. I get Tom Brady threw no, no touchdowns in this game. Didn't have one touchdown pass. Um, it wasn't the prettiest of games, but it was a 23-3 win. Steven Guskowski, three field goals. And just something else I got to mention before I move on to the national storylines of Week 13. Eric Lee. Eric Lee. Defensive end, linebacker, whatever the fuck you want to call him. The Patriots picked this guy up off the street, basically. I know he was on the Buffalo Bills practice squad, but I, hey, I call that the street. <laughs> they picked Eric Lee up off the street. I'll tell you that being on the Buffalo Bills practice squad is basically bagging groceries. Much like they took Malcolm Butler off the street, Malcolm Butler was bagging groceries, Patriots picked him up off the street and said, hey, we're going to turn water into wine. And that's exactly what they did. Eric Lee, same thing. Eric Lee, they picked him up off the Bills practice squad in a couple games now with the Patriots. Here's Eric Lee yesterday, on Sunday in Buffalo. Four tackles, a couple sacks, an interception. I even think he... Didn't he tip a couple balls at the line of scrimmage that were thrown? Eric Lee. Honestly, do you know who Eric Lee is? I don't, but it's beautiful to see the Patriots do this again. Take a guy off the street and turn water into wine. Um, I, I know everybody else around the league is sick and tired of the Patriots doing stuff like this, but I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> it's it's great to see. And it's just a it's just another, I mean, it's just another 
thing that the Patriots always do every single season. There's always a guy that they bring in that ends up being this ultimate difference maker that no, either we didn't know who he was or, you know, we knew who he was and we didn't think he had anything left. Next thing you know, he's at the Patriots and here he comes. Looks like a new guy. Motivation is there. I mean, it happens. You know, the Patriots do this. Belichick does this. And he, it looks like he's done it again with Eric Lee. Unbelievable. Really is unbelievable. So Patriots win. It really is all going to come down to that Week 15 game in Pittsburgh. But uh, looking ahead to next week, real quick, Patriots now go to Miami for Monday Night Football uh, with the Patriots open as an 11.5-point favorite in this one. And speaking of spreads, I guess that brings me to my picks for Week 13. So we we got past the local storyline, which is the Patriots winning again, and now they're 10-2, and two, and the Rob Gronkowski hit, which I think he should be suspended for. Let's, let's look at the rest of Week 13. And uh, my picks for Week 13 for Sunday, I went 4-1. and one. Another good week. Not only my picks with the spread, but also my DraftKings got to have him play for Sunday. I gave you Todd Gurley. He got you 22 points, which is pretty much his weekly average. Uh, fantasy points per game, but Gurley got you 22 points, so I got that one for you, which was good, and I went 4-1 and one with picks picks. I give you five games with the spread every week. Uh, the week before, I went 3-2. and two. It's funny. When you have winning weeks, you don't hear from anybody. You don't get the texts. You don't get the tweets. You don't get people saying, hey, Danny, nice, nice job. Nice picks this week. Thanks for helping me out. But when you get them wrong, when you have a losing week, like if you go 2-3 two, two, you know, and three, or if you go 1-4, and four, which I've done a couple times this season, you know, then the texts are rolling in. Then the tweets are coming in, right? They're coming in hot. They're, and they're, they're bringing it like, you know, fuck you, pick. I can't believe I listen to your picks again. But when I get them right, it's like crickets, right? Absolute crickets. There's nobody that's tweeting me or texting me saying, hey, Danny, nice job. Uh, nice picks this week. Well, I went 4-1, had a good week. And now my record on the season 31, 32, and 2, 31 wins, 32 losses, and 2 pushes. Uh, and for the second straight week, you know, I have a winning week picking 4 road teams. So I took 4 road teams for the second straight week. And uh, the only game I lost was Kansas City, minus 3.5. I took the Chiefs, minus 3.5, over the Jets at MetLife. Kansas City actually led this game 14 and nothing early, and I'm thinking to myself, all right, I got that one. It's going to be a perfect week. And Alex Smith actually, what did he throw? Four touchdown passes, and the Jets ended up winning this game. The Chiefs just, I don't know what's wrong with them, but uh, I think you could put that one on the Chiefs' defense yesterday against the Jets. You know, you jump out 14-0 on the road, you got to win that game. And Kansas City was a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, and they lose. They end up losing. They jump out early, 14-0 lead, and then they lose the game. And that was my only loss. My wins, I had Minnesota plus three over Atlanta in Atlanta. Vikings won that game. Uh, I had the Patriots minus eight and a half over the Bills. Patriots win that, as I told you, and they cover. I had the Saints minus four and a half over Carolina. In New Orleans, Saints win that, and they cover the spread. And I had the Rams minus seven over Arizona. In Arizona, Rams win that game. And they covered a seven-point spread, so I went four and one. And my DraftKings got to have him play was Todd Gurley, and he got you twenty-two points. So um, I consider that a good pick. If you did use my DraftKings advice for your DraftKings lineup in Week Thirteen, but getting away from my picks, let's get into the top storylines now. As we look back on Week Thirteen, the Eagles. I think this is number one. I think this is the top story storyline around the league. The Eagles lose on Sunday Night Football, and because of their loss and because Dallas on Thursday night, um, the Dallas Cowboys beat Washington, the Eagles did not clinch the NFC East. The Eagles had two chances to clinch. If Dallas lost on Thursday night to Washington, the Eagles would have clinched the division. Well, Dallas beat Washington, so they don't clinch it there. Then the Eagles had another chance on Sunday Night Football in Seattle against a depleted Seahawks defense, and the Eagles couldn't win that game. Seattle beats Philly on Sunday Night Football. Uh, So Philly loses. Their nine-game win streak comes to an end, and 
They don't clinch the division, and also, they now slide down to the number two seed in the NFC. Minnesota moves up to the one seed in the NFC, and the tiebreaker here is strength of victory, which is tight. So, um, you know, if the playoffs began today, the Minnesota Vikings at 10-2 and two would be the team that's the number one seed in the NFC, and Philly would now be the number two seed in the NFC. It's tight up there. The the Rams are nine and three as a three seed. New Orleans is nine and three at the three seed. And the two wildcard teams in the NFC, Seattle, the number five seed at eight and four, and Carolina, the number six seed at eight and four, with Atlanta at seven and five on the outside looking in. Atlanta's on the outside looking in at seven and five. Detroit at six and six. Green Bay at six and six. Dallas at six and six. I'm gonna rule out Washington, Arizona, and Tampa Bay, even though they have not officially been eliminated. Uh, There was another team officially eliminated over the weekend, and that was Chicago. So now four teams officially eliminated, Chicago, San Fran, the Giants, and Cleveland, obviously. Uh, But even though Washington, Arizona, and Tampa Bay are not officially eliminated, I'm going to rule them out. I am keeping Dallas alive. And you know what? I'm keeping Green Bay alive, too. This is where it's going to get interesting. I'm going to stick with the NFC for a minute and their playoff race because it's kind of wild. you got to keep an eye on Dallas because – Ezekiel Elliott returns in week 16 and the two games that the six and the Cowboys are now six and six the two games that the six and six Cowboys have left without Ezekiel Elliott will be in New York against the Giants next week at one o'clock it's a winnable game for Dallas Giants have given up on the season um and then in week 15 they're in Oakland Right? They're in Oakland for that game. So, and that's a that's a prime time game. That's Sunday night football in week 15. Dallas, they can win that. They can win those two games. I'm telling you right now. And if they win those two games, they'll be sitting there eight and six with Ezekiel Elliott coming back. Now, the schedule won't be easy after that because they'll be playing Seattle and at they'll be playing Seattle at home and then at Philadelphia in week 17. But who knows? Philadelphia actually might have, now that I think of it, Philadelphia might have clinched, might clinch everything by then. Who knows? And at that point, maybe that is an easier game because maybe someone like Carson Wentz isn't even playing. I don't know. But the Cowboys are still alive. That's my point because they have two winnable games without Ezekiel Elliott, and Ezekiel Elliott will return in Week 16. And if they can win these next two, Dallas, and be 8-6 and six with Zeke returning, well, I tell you what, Dallas is not in bad shape, or at least they are not out of it just yet because, I mean, you look up, Carolina's got a tough schedule. They play Minnesota and Tampa Bay and Atlanta and, I guess, Green Bay, and that brings me to Green Bay. The Packers are going to see Aaron Rodgers return, not next week. Uh, the Packers are 6-6. Six and six. Um, They get a big win this weekend, and... uh. They play in Cleveland next week. They should be able to beat Cleveland. And then in week 15 at Carolina. Well, guess who could be playing that game for Green Bay? Aaron Rodgers. They're saying he could return week 15. So Green Bay could be only playing one more game without Aaron Rodgers. And it's in Cleveland. Without Aaron Rodgers, that's still a winnable game for the Packers. And if they can be 7-6 and six with Aaron Rodgers returning then I guess you could say anything's possible. But the NFC, that is, it's going to be wild. It really is. So I'd keep an eye on those teams. And then when you look at Detroit, not a very difficult schedule for Detroit. At Tampa Bay, at home against Chicago, at Cincinnati, and then against Green Bay. So you got to keep Detroit alive as well. But that's a look at the NFC playoff picture. It's just, it's going to be pretty crazy with Ezekiel Elliott returning and also Aaron Rodgers returning at some point during this playoff race in the NFC. And then to the AFC, uh, the AFC playoff picture, uh, the AFC West now has a three-way tie at 6-6 six and six because Kansas City lost their fourth straight, as I just told you. Kansas City's lost six of their last seven. Oakland wins. The Chargers win. So you got a three-way tie. Kansas City is actually winning this three-way tie. Um... Based on divisional record, Chiefs are two and one in the division. Chargers are two and two, and the Raiders are two and two. But here's the deal: these three teams, you know, Kansas City has to play Oakland, and they have to play the Chargers again. Uh, the Chargers have to play Kansas City and Oakland, 
and Oakland has to play Kansas City and the Chargers. So they all play each other again. So uh, that's going to be a wild race in the AFC West. Again, you look at the top of it, New England and Pittsburgh, top two seeds, but that's going to come down to week number 15 where they play each other. You get Tennessee at 8-4, and four, Jacksonville at 8-4. and four. Tennessee's the three seed, though, right now, leading the division. And the tiebreaker there is that the head-to-head, uh, Tennessee has beaten Jacksonville, but here's the deal. They're playing each other in Week 17. So who knows what's going to happen with those two teams and that divisional race. But um, when you're looking at Baltimore as the number six seed right now, on the outside looking in is the Chargers, the Bills, the Raiders, uh, the Bengals, the Jets, and the Dolphins. The Dolphins of five and seven, I guess, will keep them alive for the time being. But I, I just kind of think that the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Chiefs are going to beat each other up to the point where maybe only one of those teams gets in. Uh, but Baltimore, pretty much, they control their own destiny, right? And right now, they, I think they'd be the pick to get in. I think the way you see the AFC right now, you know, if you swap out that number four seed that Kansas City currently owns with either the Chargers or, or the Raiders, I think the AFC playoff picture pretty much looks the way it's going to look, right? I, I I don't think Buffalo's getting in. I don't think the Bengals are getting in. I don't think the Jets or the Dolphins are getting in. And if the Chargers or the Raiders get in, I think it's because they claim their division title. And I think they'll all beat each other up to the point where maybe only one of those three teams ends up getting in. But Baltimore has been pretty impressive lately to the point where here they are now at 7-5 and five with the sixth seed. And uh, really control their own, they control their own destiny for the number six seed in the final wildcard spot in the AFC. So that's what we got around the NFL in week 13. Looking back on it, and I, I actually tweeted this out last night too, a Giants fan still complaining. Like I, Every time I log on to Twitter, I see people, whether it's Giants fans, New York Giants fans, or NFL media types, crushing the Giants for losing. The Giants lost yesterday, and San Francisco won. And now the Giants are 2-10, and 10, and San Francisco's 2-10, and 10, which means that, you know, we're talking about a battle for the number two overall pick. Last time I checked, number the number two overall pick was better than the number three overall pick, wasn't it? Wasn't it? What are people, what are people complaining about? With the Giants. I went on my Eli Manning rant last week. And I'm sticking to it. And people are asking the question. Well, like people were tweeting last night. Like actual media outlets. Like respected media outlets. Like NBC Sports, ESPN. They're tweeting out. They're like, Eli Manning says he will play next season. And I'm reading that going, no shit. Who said he wasn't? Nobody said Eli Manning wasn't playing next year. You all did this. How do you not understand what's going on with the Giants? And people are tweeting out, well, now the question is, now that Eli said he will be playing next year, the question is, where will he play? (laughs) Why can't he play in New York? Like, why can't he play with the Giants? I don't get it. They're going to get a great draft pick. They're probably going to get a better draft pick now that they benched Eli Manning. Because Eli Manning gives them a better chance to win a game or two down the stretch. They're eliminated from the playoffs. So go with the worst quarterback. Oh, they disrespected Eli Manning. How disrespectful is it for Eli Manning if they say, hey, you're our starting quarterback next year. Or you play out the rest of your contract. That gets you $65 million guaranteed. And uh, we'll, get you, we'll get you a stud at number two overall. How's that disrespectful? Like, what, are you ruling out that Eli Manning plays for the Giants next year? I actually, if I put my money on it right now, I'd put my money on Eli Manning, the starting quarterback for the New York Giants in week one next year. That's what i put my money on. I'd also put my money on San Francisco with Jimmy Garoppolo now as their quarterback, winning a couple games, and i put my money on the Giants because they benched Eli Manning, securing the number two overall pick, where if they played him down the stretch, they might get number three, and maybe the guy they want would get scooped up at number two. Right? This is simple with the Giants. I'm Stop tweeting out Eli Manning 
He's going to play next year. No shit. Nobody ever said he wasn't going to play. The guy didn't die. He got benched. Okay? The, ben McAdoo didn't, didn't kill him. Didn't murder him. He benched him. And what is it? We got some breaking news, actually, while I'm recording this. Uh, ben McAdoo's been fired. Literally, as I'm recording this. Ben McAdoo, fired. Reading the tweet right now. And um, also the GM. The GM's been fired? Both of them have been fired. So, you know what? Hey, I guess the fans and the media who are complaining about Eli Manning getting benched, they might get their way, which I think is going to be stupid. So what? Whoever the coach is going to be now on an interim basis is going to go back to is going to go back to Eli Manning? Is that what they're going to do? And you know what? Because you know what's going to happen if they do that. They're going to hurt their chances to get the number 2 overall pick. You know what's going to happen? They'll go to they'll go back to Eli Manning. He'll win two games. Let's see. What is the... I got the Giants schedule right here. Let's see. Giants are playing Dallas. Uh, They won't win that game. They'll play Philly. They won't win that game. They'll beat Arizona in Arizona. And then they'll beat Washington in week 17, which will give them four wins, which might end up being more wins than Denver and Indy and San Fran and Chicago. They they might the Giants might end up screwing themselves over. Why wouldn't they wait till the end of the season to do this? Why wouldn't they just wait? They're gonna do this now. They're firing McAdoo now and the GM now. Well, all right. I guess statements. I don't know for sure that the new interim coach, whoever it's gonna be, I, or the new GM, I, I don't know for sure that they're gonna go back to Eli Manning. I will advise them this: don't. Why would you? You can still keep Eli Manning on the bench and commit to him in 2018. I just thought that was the plan. And I actually was giving the Giants credit for, for that being a wise plan to get a better draft pick because Eli Manning gives the Giants a better chance to win than someone like Geno Smith does. Does he not? He does. That's me, that's me actually giving Eli Manning some credit. But also, on top of that, if you're the Giants... Um, with regards to the draft pick, I mean, you know, you, you could keep Eli Manning on the bench, bet, get a better draft pick, and then fire McAdoo at the end of the season. I never told you that McAdoo was going to be the coach next year. In fact, I told you that I actually would put my money on McAdoo not being the coach next year. But I didn't think that decision would be made right now. I thought that decision would be made at the end of the year. And that this plan was an organizational plan. Um, so that's the breaking news happening right now. As I'm recording the show, Eli Manning, maybe he gets his job back this season. I don't know, but Ben McAdoo has been fired and so is the GM. If these are actual real tweets, I'm reading them sort of on the fly here. Uh, so I hope these are not fake Twitter accounts. They're not right. No, we're, re- we're I'm getting it on the fly. So I'll react. Whatever happens with this situation, if it's a major story, if, Eli Manning's going to get his job back this season, then I'll react to it on Thursday's podcast. But, you know, if I were a Giants fan, I'd be sitting there going, you don't you don't need Eli Manning to come back this season. Because him on the bench gives your organization a better chance to get the number two overall pick. And right now, that should be all this is about. Because you can't get into the playoffs. You've already been eliminated. And... You can still commit to Eli Manning next year. And if he doesn't want to do that, if he couldn't understand this plan, I, I actually think he's made it more about himself than the team. And at that point, do you really want him to be your quarterback? So um, we'll see what happens with it. But I expected McAdoo to be fired. I, I just didn't expect it to happen right now. Um, so McAdoo's fired. The GM's fired. There's some breaking news for you. And... Um, I don't know. I just wish everybody would stop tweeting nonsense about the New York Giants. They're out of the playoff race. And I just, to be honest, I don't even know why I'm spending any time on them. I'm sorry. So I'm sorry for spending time on a team that's not even in the playoff race. I will spend more time on the teams in the playoffs here moving forward. And hopefully as I get back, well, not back, but actually get in to the holiday spirit. And, and you know, talking about the teams eliminated also plays a role in keeping me out of the holiday spirit. But I'll get there. I promise. I'll get there. Just got to stay out of Ikea. All right. So moving on. Major League Baseball. Let's get some Major League Baseball offseason stuff before I wrap it up. Real quick. Just a couple newsworthy things over the weekend. 
The Red Sox are out on the Giancarlo Stanton trade talks. Do you believe it? Do you not? Who knows? Here's what I do know. Is that I think the Marlins, I think they fucked this up big time. I do. I I think, like, Giancarlo Stanton is, you know, an elite power hitter in this game. And for them to mess this up to the point where it's publicly been, like, since day one, like, the first day, the first day that Giancarlo Stanton trade rumors came up this offseason, the first bit of news, what was it? Oh, Giancarlo Stanton doesn't want to play in Boston. Right? He doesn't, he doesn't, he's a West Coast guy. He doesn't want... They fucked it up. And I don't know if that's coming from Stanton's camp. I don't know if that's being leaked by the Marlins. But somebody fucked this up. Because what happened mo- almost moments after that story was reported and that was leaked, that Giancarlo Stanton doesn't want to play in Boston, you know, uh, he doesn't want to play in the East Coast, the West Coast guy, he's got a certain couple teams. We all knew about the no-trade clause, of course. But who leaked that? Because moments after that was leaked and reported, what was the next story? The next story was, oh, Giancarlo Stanton, no, no, no. He At first, he didn't want to play in Boston because of the weather, but now he's being advised to to be open to it because of the marketing opportunities with the big clubs and the, and, you know, in a, in a market like Boston and New York. Now, you know, he is open to it. He's not ruling it out. No, he, he was never open to it. You know what happened? Somebody stepped in and said, you idiots. Do you realize what we've done by letting this story out? We've, we've heard our own leverage in negotiations because now we can't get the proper value from any of these other teams because they know they're not, you know, they're not negotiating against teams like the Red Sox and the Yankees because Stanton's already said he doesn't want to go there. Like, if you're the Marlins, you have to sit down with Stanton before any of this shit begins. And you have to say, listen, if we're going to move you, obviously we need a list of teams that you go to, right? That's obvious. You got a full, you got a no trade clause. We need a list of teams, right? If we move you, we got to know where you want to go because we're not going to waste our time. But, we got to keep this shit under wraps. This list that you're going to give me right now, you can't talk You can't talk about this list to anybody. And we can't talk about this list to anybody. Because you know what's going to happen? If this list gets out, and it gets out that you don't want to go to Boston, or you don't want to go to New York, and you want to go to the West Coast, guess what happens when we go to a team like the Giants? And we ask for a monster contract. We can't then go back to them and say, well, the Red Sox are going to give us this, because the Giants will say to us, oh, really? Well, Stanton already doesn't want to go to the Red Sox, so you're full of shit. And, and we lose leverage in any trade discussions with other teams, with a team like the Giants or a team like... So now they're trying to pit the Giants and the Cardinals against each other, and what's the story that's out there? The story that's out there is, well, it's all going to come down to where Stanton wants to go. No shit. We get it. It's called the no-trade clause. I understand. We, we all understand what a no-trade clause is. Here's the problem. As a Miami Marlins organization, you fucked this up so bad because you continue to let these things get out. And Maybe it's coming from Stanton. I don't know. But if it is, shame on him because he's hurting his current club with, when it comes to leverage. Because I think in a perfect world, if you're the Marlins, you have a bidding war around the league. You have a bidding war. And I get it. Somebody like Dave Dombrowski would want to know. He'd be like, well, would he accept the trade to the Red Sox? Hey, you know what you do? You say, guess what? He's under contract with us. You can't talk to him. You talk to us. And he's told us he would entertain it. Yeah. So tell me what your trade offer would be. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, ever since that first report came out, I, I felt like if I was a GM, like if I was a San Francisco Giants GM, even the Dodgers, I, I'd say, here's my offer. All right, who are we up against? Oh, we're up against the Red Sox and the Yankees? That's funny. Giancarlo Stanton already said he didn't want to play there. So I'm not really. You can tell me whatever they offer. I'm not going to take it seriously because I know he doesn't want to go there. So I'm not even going to match that. That's ridiculous. So the Marlins lose leverage. They lost leverage from day one. And I don't know if it's Stanton's fault for leaking it. I don't know if it's the Marlins' fault for leaking it. But they, they, they should have been pretty tight-lipped on this if they wanted to get uh, the best return possible. Because this is a heck of a player. And this would be a blockbuster trade. And I just kind of feel like they butchered it. I do. I kind of feel like they butchered it. And maybe it's just Stanton. Maybe he's just a dickhead. 
and maybe he's just, you know what? They're going to trade me. I want to go where I want to go, and I don't care what my other team gets in return. And, and hey, leak this out. I don't want to go there. Don't even entertain that. Maybe it's on him. I don't know. But you would think that the, the moment the season ends, you get in a room with Stanton. I, I, have, a, I have a tough time believing that, that Jeter couldn't sit in a room with Stanton and say, hey, here's how it's going to go down. We're gonna, we are going to do what you want us to do here. We're going to send you to a place that, that you want to go. But we need to try to get the best return from that place. So here's how we're going to work together. There's going to be no mention of teams that you won't go to. There's going to be none of that. We're going to ent- you're going to entertain everything, and that's going to be part of this thing. We're not going to say we won't. We know we're not going to send you there. We're not going to send you the Red Sox. We're not going to send you the East Coast or one of those major markets with the cold weather. We're going to send you the West Coast. But we want to make sure we get the best return from one of those teams that you want to go to. And it it just didn't sound like they ever had that conversation, right? It didn't. So um. I think that's what they butchered it. And it amazes me that you see so many people when it comes to trades in professional sports that I don't know what it is. It just seems like there are always people on different pages, and I never will understand that. It's I think it's about communication more than anything. If you have the proper communication with these guys and their agents, and especially in a situation like this with Stanton, I just think there's no reason to butcher this trade. I just kind of felt like they did when it comes to the return that you're going to get. But uh, here locally, the Red Sox, they're out. That's the report. I believe it. I mean, I'm not I'm not surprised, to be honest. Um, and I'm not even surprised that, what's the other bit of news? That the Red Sox are out on the Japanese Babe Ruth. Hear about this kid, 23 years old? I don't even know how to say his name. Otani, that's his last name, Otani. The Japanese Babe Ruth because he can pitch and he can hit. He's a pitcher and he's an outfielder. He's 23 years old. Um, You know, I'm not surprised that he's ruled out the Red Sox and the Yankees, which that was the report over the weekend. The the kid, Otani, ruled out the Red Sox and Yankees. I'm not surprised by that because they're in the American League. So, like, I think that the kid Otani, when he pitches... He also wants to hit. The question I have with him, though, is, like, we're going into this whole Japanese Babe Ruth thing. The question I have with Otani is, does does he want to pick a National League team so that he can hit on the days that he pitches? Or does he want to also play the outfield on days that he doesn't pitch so that he can be in the starting lineup and basically play every day? Pitch every fifth day, and the days that he's not pitching, be in the outfield so he can be... Hitting every day, essentially. Is that what he wants to do? I mean, that's a little insane. Is a team actually going to let that happen? I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> come on. If you're Dave Dombrowski, are, are you going to let that happen? Of course not. Of course you're not going to let. This is what Major League Baseball is. And whether you like it or not, um, it's a game of routine. And... Uh, uh, what do you think? Uh, you think we're really going to get into a baseball world where now pitches are going to, you know, kids are going to grow up? Kids already do grow up pitching and then on their off days playing the outfield. It happens. There's a reason why they stop doing that at some point because they focus on one thing. Not everybody is going to be the next Babe Ruth, okay? And this kid can try to call himself the Japanese Babe Ruth all he wants. But I got news for him. Most Major League Baseball teams are only going to let him pitch or, or just make him an outfielder. They're not going to have him do both. I really don't think so. And if they do, I'm, I'm just not so sure how much it's going to work out at the major league level. So if you're Dave Dombrowski, are you even entertaining that idea? I know I wouldn't be. And the minute you don't entertain that idea, if that's what he wants, well, he's not going to go to that team. Sounds like he wants to go, I'm going to say San Diego. If I had to pick a team he's going to end up in, I'd say he goes to the Padres. National League, maybe maybe they'll let him play the outfield. Who knows? Who knows? We'll see what he turns into. But um, that's the Major League Baseball news for the offseason. Again, winter meetings December 10th. So uh, anything else that happens? I mean, I'm still looking at the Red Sox to, to sign Eric Cosma. That's what I think is the obvious play, but I've already mentioned that a bunch of times. So I'll wait to see what they do, and then I'll react to it. Uh, NHL news, I know I went on a Tuka Rask. 
Boston Bruins rant last week on Thursday's podcast. And good to see the Tuka Rask got a shutout on Saturday, recorded a shutout. So he's now got a couple wins in a row. And I don't hear many people saying that they should trade him or he's no longer the number one goalie anymore. They're not doing that still, are they? That that foolishness? All right, good. So let's move on. <laughs> and I guess this is the last topic of the day. And it is golf-related because Tiger Woods finished ninth at the Hero World Challenge in the Bahamas over the weekend. Uh, he finished eight under on the tournament. And what ruined his score a little bit was he shot a three over 75 on Saturday. So he was under par Thursday, Friday, and Sunday, but Saturday he was three over par with a 75. The winner of the tournament, Ricky Fowler, he won it. 18 under on the tournament, shooting an 11 under 61 on Sunday. Ricky Fowler shot a 61 on Sunday. He wins the tournament. A lot of people, though, the buzz is that Tiger Woods is back. Hey, look, it's nice to see him have a little success. Not that you know, not that he won the tournament or anything, because he didn't, but you know, he finishes top ten. It's top ten finish against a lot of the top players in the world. A lot of there were a lot of big names in this tournament, so this wasn't one of those, you know, tourneys where no people decide to take the weekend off and they don't play. No, they were playing. Ricky Fowler was playing. He shot a sixty-one on Sunday, so uh, good to see Tiger not just have success in the top ten with a top ten finish, but also have success with a top ten finish against some of the top players over the weekend. It's just, I can't get too jacked up about it because uh, I need to see it for an extended stretch because people have tried to tell me that Tiger Woods is back several other times. And those other times where it might have looked like, all right, he could be back, something happened. An injury, a DUI, I don't know, you name it. I mean, a couple other ones, driving, in, you know, driving into a, a, a fire hydrant. I mean, you name them. There have been a couple other instances where you were trying to tell me Tiger Woods is back and something happened. So I need to see it for an extended stretch. Uh, the game is more exciting when Tiger Woods is back. There's no question. I don't necessarily find myself rooting for the guy. I don't. and be, Because I think the Tiger Woods love fest is a little nauseating, but I, I will admit that the golf game is more exciting when Tiger Woods is not just playing, but when he's having success. So... We'll see where that goes. Uh, we'll see what Tiger Woods will look like, you know, when we get get closer to the 2018 majors. But that said, that's all I got for you today. And uh, I'll be back on Thursday to give you my picks for week number 14 in the NFL. I'll also give you another DraftKings play. And again, if you're not in the fantasy football playoffs, which some people are not, some people just uh, uh, either not good enough or not lucky enough to get there. Well, you can still go to DraftKings.com right now or download the DraftKings app and play for free. No commitment. You can put together a new team every week from here on out the rest of the season. You can do it for free with my promo code PICK. That's P-I-C. Get this show whenever you want at DannyPicard.com. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are available. Also part of the Podcast One Network. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. I'm out. Talk to you again on Thursday. 